What is going on guys? Welcome back to the Ben E Fit podcast, bringing you everything you need to know about living your best life. This one might go off on a few little tangents, so I apologize in advance if that's the case, but I wanted to just share I wanted to just share a few a few sort of thoughts, a few feelings, a few things that I've picked up in my, you know, my sort of 3 4 5 years as a coach stuff that I've seen happen in the industry, things that I'd see as like potential red flag type things, things that, you know, mistakes that I might have made in the past. And, you know, really just to try and give, potentially to give, you know, sort of newer coaches something to think about, but but also to give, you know, you guys as listeners, you guys as people who might consider, you know, investing in coaching at some point, just something to think about, you know, as you're making that decision, because ultimately, let's not forget, like it is, it's a privileged position to be able to invest in coaching, you know, that that I think is fundamental. And as coaches, we have to acknowledge that, you know, and we need to be very grateful for that. And, and I am, you know, I understand that there are implications to doing it. I think there are huge, huge benefits to doing it, or I wouldn't be doing what I do. But I completely understand that there are also other factors that, that you know, play into that decision. So I'm just going to make a little start firstly on, I think the place I'm going to start is, is with like sort of Instagram social media growth. Because one of the things that I think is quite, well, I don't maybe quite commonly mis, mis, misinterpreted is that an account with a big following equals credibility within an industry. And, you know, it's it, it, it's not always the case. that That's probably the first point to make. Like, the thing with Instagram is, A, it's actually very easy to buy followers, you know, so somebody could have a huge, huge following, but, you know, 80, 90% of that could be, you know, bots that are, are basically like fake accounts, you know, and but it boosts the number of people they've got following them. And then that instantly seems to equate to this, this idea of credibility in the industry. So that's one thing to keep an eye out for. The, the other thing I think is the content within the person's account. You know, I have I've always prided myself on providing good quality information. Like I like to provide value in my content. I like to provide a lot of information. I like to encourage people to think. If I if there's ways in which I can share useful and helpful information, I will absolutely do that because for me, I want you know, not not and I'm not doing it because I want to like show off that I have this knowledge, but I want to help people, you know, bottom line is like, I do this to help people. And I think therefore, it's only right that my content delivers helpful information. So, but but what, you know, something that I see again, quite often, and this isn't intentionally gender biased. However, I think a lot of female Instagram accounts, it's it's a, it, I personally feel like females have a much easier time growing 
growing a social media following. And that's for a number of reasons that aren't all negative, by the way. So, you know, before anyone jumps at me for, you know, for being sexist, like it's not that at all. And I think like if you if you're aware of these things and, you know, you're you're playing to those strengths to a certain degree, I salute you for it. One of the big factors, I think, is actually that women generally are just more supportive of one another. You know, like you you know girls cheering girls that type of situation like it happens it's a real thing and I I think girls generally women generally are just just much much more supportive of one another you know I think guys it's a bit different men I think have a, a a bit more of an ego about them and aren't necessarily quite so prepared to compliment other men um so I think there's a huge amount of of the sort of the nature and level of support that happens. I think, and again, this is just a reality of the world we live in. I also think it's much easier for females to post like pictures of themselves wearing not a lot. And naturally that's gonna attract attention from both men and women. And I think that will naturally boost a following. Again, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Like, you know, if you've got it, if you're confident, if you're proud of what you've achieved, by all means, show that off. Like, you know, it is again, it's playing to a strength. I, I think where there's where there's potential for that to be a little bit sort of gamifying the system, if you like, is where that kind of picture just bears no resemblance to the content, you know, where there's just a real mismatch and it's a very obvious, you know, I'm going to post this picture because I know it's going to get engagement, but it just doesn't really correlate to, you know, the the caption or the wording that's used beneath it. I think that has the potential to just slightly mislead. But as I say, you know, social media is a it's an attention grabbing thing. And if the picture is going to grab attention, you know, fair enough. Like I will share my weekly progress pictures, which are me not wearing much, because for me, it's like a diary. You know, I almost use my social media a bit like my own personal diary. So for me, sharing that thing is just because it's part of my progress. Like when I check in with my own coach, I send progress pictures. And those are just my way of saying, this is my progress for the week. And the caption will support that. You know, how's my week of training been? How's my diet been? What else has been going on in my life? Like those are the things that go alongside those pictures. And I feel like there's a correlation between the two. Like, you know, it's not, it's not uncommon to just see a, a very a very sort of obvious engagement picture where someone posts a, a picture of themselves scantily clad with some very generic motivational quote beneath it. I personally don't feel like that serves a huge amount of value to anyone, but that's me, you know, that, that's my interpretation of that thing. And, and actually, you know, where if I have followed a lot of people in the past who have done that kind of thing, I will unfollow them because to me, that's just not really adding any value to my life. So it's it's just, you know, obviously it's, it's very much a user perception as well. You know, you're, as a consumer of social media, you are completely in control of what you see. And if you don't like what you see, you can block, you can unfollow, like you have that power to do that. So, you know, make sure you are exercising that power. Um, the other thing I think that is is also worth touching on is the the use of steroids in the fitness world. 
This one is something that I think has become much more aware in recent years. I think it used to be a little bit more of a sort of hidden underground part of bodybuilding. I think it has become a much a much more spoken about and, and a much more open topic. For better or for worse, you know, I, I agree with people being more open and honest about their own use of drugs because I, I think it what you used to have was this and, and for a you know a decent length of time was this this period of the fake natty. And what I mean by that is people who used drugs but claimed they didn't you know and and there are various of those in the industry who you know if if you look you look at the size of some of these people um who are quite i say quite obviously and and and, you know i was naive in the past to think that some of the people i was looking up to you know that they were saying they were natural so why would i have any reason to doubt them they're not you know and and i think it's it's tricky when you get into that world because it's 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 a little bit deceptive, you know. Like you're, at, at, particularly if those people are coaches or if those people are trying to sell you something that is based upon like an untruth of their own. You know, somebody who is a steroid user and and make no mistake, steroids will help you to grow. They're not something I've ever done. They're not something I want to do. I fully respect anyone's decision to make them, I like to use them if that's a decision that they've considered and they're aware of all of the risks associated. However, like the the dangerous game is when these people are you know claiming to to you know give you the secret to growth, you know, whatever that is, whether it's a particular area, you know, here, here's here's the way to grow your chest. And what you'll see is you know, something that will be based purely on the the way in which you perform exercises, your exercise selection. That plays its part. Don't get me wrong. Like it absolutely plays its part. But where there's absolutely no mention of the fact that they're also a steroid user and, you know, that is going to have significantly contributed to that growth. I, I think that's where that sort of... Uh, potential dishonesty i mean some people if they're claiming natural and they're clearly not then it's clearly completely dishonest if they're just not saying it is it completely dishonest maybe not but is it slightly unethical i i would argue so um and you know it's it's again it's just something to keep an eye out for a lot of cuz i i you know fully understand and appreciate that a lot of the good coaches in the industry probably are steroid users you know like it's it's something that has has boosted their own like their own notoriety because it means that you know for whatever reason they've they've opted to do those drugs they're these enormous human beings they're massively muscly they're stepping on stage and they're performing well on stage and and drugs do play a role in that and most of the guys these days are quite open about it but you know it's it, it, it's something that does help with you know growth of social media it it just it just does you know and and i'm i'm not you know i'm not naive to that it just isn't a something that i i want to go down myself like it doesn't mean i don't have an interest in these things it doesn't doesn't mean that i'm not you know like learning about this stuff it's just not something that i see excuse me that i see myself personally doing and because it's not something that i see myself personally doing I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dream of 
trying to coach someone who wanted or is using on that part of their life because I, I just I wouldn't feel like I was you know experienced or, or justified in that so uh, you know th- those those things also factor in I think experience as well you know and th- this this maybe goes out to some of the the newer coaches in the industry that that I see and there are some great new coaches and and again I'm not trying to tar everyone with the same brush here but what I've seen a, a huge huge increase lately is someone who will step on a stage and that might mean that they've been coached for three to six months through that process stepped on stage once and the next day they're an online coach and that you know that that might have been their only coaching experience is for that three to six months they might have only been in the gym you know a year or two the the sort of knowledge and experience behind what they're doing just isn't that great and like I say, I'm not saying that that necessarily means that they're not a good coach. It's just something to just be aware of. You know, like my personal experience, I was in the gym for like 10 to 12 years before, you know, learning, absorbing, soaking up knowledge, trial and error on myself. It, at that point, I then invested in a coach. Like I was coached for probably four to five years before you know and during that time I'm asking questions I'm learning I'm furthering my knowledge and only at that point did I then feel comfortable to coach myself so you know for me I wanted to have a very very solid background I wanted to have experienced coaching and different coaches as well you know I'd, I'd had three coaches in the the sort of five or six years that I've been coached and I picked up different things from each of them good and bad you know like things that I've, I've I really really enjoyed and that I've implemented in my own coaching things that I didn't like so much that have then you know given me direction in my own coaching to not do those things so you know the, the experience that I feel I've had has been has been you know like a, a very a huge part of like my journey and why I feel that I'm as good a coach as I am is because I've spent that time in the trenches, you know, I've, I've been through these things, I've, I've spent a long, long time building up my knowledge to be able to give the best to the people I work with. And ultimately, you know, ultimately, that's the thing, like, pe- people buy from people, and it's, it's a little bit of a cliched thing, but it's, when, when someone is looking for a coach, like the, the knowledge, the experience, the, you know, the, the track record, all of those things absolutely factor in. But I think one of the most important things is actually resonating with that person, is, is actually enjoying the conversations with that person, is building a trusting relationship with that person. Because part of, I mean, a huge part of what we do as coaches relies on good quality open communication like it it has to you know particularly I think in the online space because we're not necessarily having that face-to-face contact so to know that the people we're working with are you know that the relationship is such that it, it has a huge amount of trust is absolutely vital so you know be prepared to you know to speak to coaches if if you know if you're if you're not able to have a conversation with the person before you sign up with them, again, is that like, does that wave a red flag? For me, it would, you know, I would want to have had a conversation with a person to know that 
that person is right for me, that there is, you know, a, a little bit of a gel there that, that we get on with one another, that I can imagine working with this person for a decent length of time, because for me, coaching's always been seen as, as a long-term investment. You know, it was never something that I've seen as being, you know, like two to three months and out. For me, it was something that I've always seen as being like, you know, two, three, five years worth of investment because that's where the real quality comes from. That's where the real progress comes from. So uh, there's been a, a a lot of uh, a lot of sort of you know different things I've spoken about in here. It's probably been a little bit of a brain dump on just I, I guess you know just like the state of the fitness industry as it stands. And I think the final the final point I, I, I wanted to mention was just on the the rise and the prevalence of the fitness business coach. And I have, I've, I've spoken to and, and I've invested in a few. Um, again, some of it out of a little bit of naivety, like I've, I've paid a decent chunk of money to some of these people. There's some pretty big names in the industry and some of the ways in which they advise people to coach to me is just very very questionable um you know it's often it's very very money driven and of course like you know we're coaches we're in this to to earn our keep but for me money is almost secondary in what i do because while i i, I need to earn a certain amount to be able to sustain a living and there's no escaping that and everyone's everyone's the same but first and foremost, I want to help people. I want to make people happy. And, you know, to, to be paid fairly for doing that is, is just something, like I say, that almost comes as a secondary thing. A lot of the, you know, the business coaches, particularly the bigger name ones, it, it's just all about money. You know, it's all about charging more and more and more and more. And, you know, I've, I think I've seen recently some people talking about like, you know, the, the price of inflation and stuff generally in the world at the moment, the cost of fuel, the cost of like energy prices going up and, you know, advising the, the way in which the, you know, the, the coaches that they're coaching should combat that is just to keep raising their prices. But what that fails to recognize is that everyone else in the world is feeling that pinch too, you know, and it's, like I said at the very, very beginning, you know, as a coach, I'm in a very, very privileged position, you know, for people to to invest their money in me is something that I don't take lightly. And I want people to be able to afford that service. I want people to value that service. And I also value my time. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to, you know, completely overcharge people or charge people more than I, I feel is you know that is is justified in the world like it's there's a fairness thing there and for, for many many people cost is a factor there, there's no escaping that so yeah it's, it's I don't know some of the some of the the sort of tactics that I see these fitness business coaches doing um even you know at the very highest level is 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 questionable in my opinion there are some very good ones out there don't get me wrong there there are some that have you know particularly high morals and ethics and you know those are the kind of people that that i gel with that i resonate with and have worked with in the past and have, have very much enjoyed working with them 
but there are those out there who you know and and again i think some of this also goes back to the fact that you're not going to be for everyone you know and and i know that myself like as a coach i'm not going to be the right coach for every person like i won't take on every single person that comes my way because i i want to be a i want to be able to help and and if i'm not if i'm not the right person to provide that help there's no benefit to me or that client to work with me so i would rather refer them to someone that i know can help if I don't feel like they're necessarily going to be the right fit for for my team or the way in which I coach, again, like, is that going to be an enjoyable relationship for both parties? And if it isn't, again, it's, you know, I'd rather refer that person to someone else who I think is going to be a right fit. So you are always going to have that, of course, you know, there is a personal preference thing there. And, and like I say, it's about it's about trusting ultimately, you know, tr- liking and trusting the person that you're ab- about to invest in, you know, time, energy, effort, money, that it is an investment and, and one that, you know, should be considered. So yeah, I'm going to leave this one there. It's, you know, longer than my usual episodes. And as I say, a little bit sort of waffly, a little bit, you know, off on a few tangents, but really just wanted to share a few, a few thoughts on where I see things at the moment. Um, if, if you know if you've resonated with any of the stuff in here if there's stuff that you disagree with or, or you know want to chat with me further about I'm also very very open to you know other people's opinions I think that's something that again you have to be as a coach you know I have my methods but I'm not closed off to other things like I always want to further my knowledge I always want to make sure that I'm doing the best I can so I welcome challenge I welcome communication um at Ben Howard Fitness, any of my socials or ben at benhowardfitness.com is the email. I look forward to chatting with you very soon. Thanks, guys.